Welcome to the History of the Americans podcast, episode 111.1. I'm your host, Jack Henneman, and I'm recording this micro episode on April 7th, 2023, National Beer Day, in addition to being Good Friday in New Orleans. We are telling the history of the lands now encompassed by the United States from the beginning without presentism. The main purpose of this micro-episode is to give you the details on the much ballyhooed first-ever meetup of fans of the podcast. The date is next Tuesday, April 11th. The place will be Aslan Beer Company, 1740 14th Street Northwest, Washington, D.C. That looks like roughly the corner of 14th and S Street. The official start time is 5.30, but if you can't get there so early, rest assured that I'll be around until at least 7.30, and certainly as late as the conversation remains fun and interesting. I trust many of you will recognize me from my photo on the website or on Twitter or Facebook, but in case not, I'll be wearing some history-relevant attire. I have, it must be said, shaved off my pandemic beard. I do not expect a huge turnout, but I know it will be a learned one. I've already been promised a toast to Sir Francis Drake. There may be more than one. Sadly, we will not be drinking out of mini barrels crafted from the wood from Magellan's gallows, as Drake's own sailors were able to do, but I'm sure we'll have a good time anyway. Tuesday, April 11th at the Aslan Beer Company, 1740 14th Street Northwest, Washington, D.C. Friendly reminder. Be there as your schedule allows, and if you do plan on coming, it would be helpful to send me a note at thehistoryoftheamericans at gmail.com or via the contact page on the website, thehistoryoftheamericans.com, or by direct message on Twitter or Facebook or something, just so I have a sense. This also seems like a good time to thank you for your support and all the five-star reviews you've written and emails and notes you have sent, not to mention your recruitment of other listeners on Twitter and the best way, by telling your friends and families. The project began during the pandemic. I thought it would be a great way to keep me on my goal of reading American history in detail. That's still important, but it has turned into so much more than that. I've gotten to know people both in person and online because you've reached out. We're on the brink of 500,000 downloads, probably sometime in the next week or 10 days, since inception, which blows my mind, and more people are subscribing all the time. It turns out that there's a lot of interest in the telling of American history in ridiculous detail without presentism. Or, as I occasionally say, as little of it as possible. None of this is to say that I haven't talked about the ugly parts. There certainly are plenty of those. As early as the 1630s, we've already had occasion to talk about both the wars on and displacement of indigenous peoples, and slavery in its earliest forms. Those themes will remain important, and I expect to devote a lot more attention to them in the next couple of years. That conversation will no doubt be more controversial than much of the story so far, and that's totally fine. I'm counting on you to challenge me with the intellectual honesty and good faith that has been so important in the last two years. 
No doubt I'll make some mistakes, but I'll always give it my best shot. All of that said, the postmodern critical theorists are right about one thing. It's impossible to tell history free of bias. Believe me, I know that. But there are two directions to go with that one true insight. We can either throw up our hands and say that since it's impossible to eliminate bias, we might as well go all in and make it all political, because that's what everyone does. Or we can make the effort to work against those biases, knowing that the effort itself, even if it has an imperfect result, is necessary in the intellectual journey to understand history. A lot of academics today believe the former, even if many more who tend to keep quiet do not. As you know, I'm of the second school. We need to struggle as honestly as we can with our own biases and try to tell the story objectively. That's valuable in and of itself. That gets to another point. Some people have asked me to provide transcripts of the podcast. So far, I've consciously decided not to do that because transcripts are easily searchable and quoted out of context. I have no interest in becoming a target on social media over something I say on this podcast that angry people might deploy to make my life miserable. I do this for fun, and that would not be fun. For the same reason, I've steered clear of offers to start running ads or otherwise monetizing the podcast. I'm fortunate not to need the extra income, and it wouldn't be very much anyway. So this podcast won't be monetized unless somebody offers me a truly huge pile. Everyone has their price. That said, if you want to buy any of the books I mentioned, I get a teeny-weeny commission if you do it through the episode notes on the actual website for the podcast, thehistoryoftheamericans.com. The money's not very important, but it's nice to see people buy the books that I quote without actually getting their permission. Long-standing and attentive listeners have probably noticed other changes over the preceding 111 episodes. I used to cut in goofy little sound effects, which were fun for me. Eventually, though, finding decent clips became tedious, and a couple of you wrote to say they were distracting. I think that criticism was a good one, actually, so I dropped the practice. Nobody has complained that I did, so I think it was probably a good move even in retrospect. I do appreciate corrections, particularly when I blow pronunciations. The Spanish words in the first 30 episodes were tough enough for me, but I even miss words I should know. Powhatan, Powhatan, etc. Only today, Chris from Michigan sent me a note reminding me that the strait at the top of Michigan is pronounced Mackinac, even though it's spelled Mackinac. That's actually a thing I'd once known, having spent three years in Ann Arbor almost 40 years ago but somehow forgot it when I recorded the episode on Jean Nicolet. Most of you will have noticed that I've done a couple of interviews with other history podcasters. I'm not planning on making interviews a huge part of this, but they are fun for me and help me learn how to do interviews, which is a lot harder than it appears, I might say. Special thanks to Eric Yanis and Kenny Ryan for playing along. If any of y'all listeners have any ideas for interviews you would like to hear, please send me a note. I'd probably do one every couple of months as scheduling allows. 
Occasionally, people ask me what podcasts I listen to. Among history podcasts, I very much enjoy the Rest is History podcast, which several of you turned me on to. Tom and Dominic have a lot of fun with it, and so does their audience. As I've mentioned before, the inspiration for this podcast was The History of England by David Crowther, which I've been listening to a lot recently because he is also working his way through English history in the first half of the 1600s, and that's really super relevant to our own. I also love Eric's The Other States of America History podcast, which goes even more deeply than I do into historically obscure or forgotten corners of early America. Kenny's Abridged Presidential Histories is obviously covering subjects that I will not get to for years, at least at my current pace, and is a great way to catch up on presidencies about which many of us know very little. As those of you who follow me on Twitter know already, my own political opinions are pretty heterodox and tend towards small L libertarian, which in my case means a bias in favor of individualism and a knee-jerk resistance to partisanship. I listen to a fair amount on the reasonable left and right and stay away from the ranters. The one podcast that I always enjoy is The Fifth Column with Matthew Welch, Michael Moynihan, and Camille Foster. They all know a lot of history, actually, and bring it up learnedly when it's topical. They have hit upon some of the same subjects that I've occasionally weighed in on, including the presentism debate within academic history. They talked a lot about the James Sweet editorial of the summer of 2022. And Matt, in particular, has been a generous retweeter of my podcast, for which I'm actually very grateful. Thank you. Sometimes people ask where this podcast will go next. Well, I go where my muse tells me to go. I usually have a general idea of the subjects I want to cover over the next four to six episodes, but I work on them more as a matter of inspiration than according to a plan. The podcast would no doubt be more professional if I were more organized and had episodes in the can well in advance, but that would make it seem like work. Since I do this for fun, I don't really want it to turn into work. I hope that comes across for better and no doubt for worse. My work and family commitments keep me on the road a fair amount, so if the meetup in Washington on April 11th works out, I'll do others where there is demand. I'll certainly do one in central Texas, where I actually live. That should be easy enough, maybe within the next month or two. And I also get to Philadelphia, Princeton, Boston, New York, Los Angeles, and Denver reasonably often. If you are in any of those places and would like to get together, shoot me an email and I'll try to organize something. If I go anywhere else with enough lead time to plan a meetup, I'll put the word out and see if there's any interest. Anyway... Thank you for all you have done to make this fun for me. Please keep those emails coming. And it's very motivating to pick up new listeners who tell me that they heard about the podcast from a good friend or their father or from somebody on Twitter or Facebook. I appreciate all of it. Until next time.